0: The following is for conversational purposes only and should not be interpreted as advice. Please consult a professional before making any decision based on this content. This content should not be considered as travel advice. Talks Travel, a podcast where we talk travel and accessibility with a little fun along the way. Let's pack our bags and head out on an adventure. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm a travel agent and I specialize in accessible travel among a couple of other things. And today I have Lynn joining me. Hey, Lynn. Hello, Katie. I am so excited about today's show. Me, too, I've got some fun stuff planned, uh, so last month, at the end of my episode, I mentioned Disney and accessibility, so we're gonna talk about a lot of the options that they have available there. Of course, we're also still gonna do our trivia questions, and then I also had some listener questions come in, and I wanted to address a couple of those as well. All yeah, right. so welcome so-
1: everybody this is This is awesome.
0: We're going to yeah, leave where we
1: are, and we are going to go on a trip today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so to start us off, I have just a couple of fun trivia questions, Lynn. Um, I hope you liked trivia last time. <laughs> you did pretty well. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So question number one. What was the cost of a park ticket when Disney World first opened in 1971?
1: Hmm, maybe
0: twenty bucks. <laughs> that actually, I mean, with inflation, you're really not that far off. So, <laughs> the park opened October first, nineteen seventy one, and tickets were three dollars and fifty cents. Oh my gosh! So, yeah, with inflation, that's twenty six fifty three today. So you were not gosh. far off at all.
1: I would have been that's- three years old at the time.
0: Gosh. <laughs> and uh 2653 wow. i can't even imagine going to disney for that little because it's nowhere near yeah. that cheap now no <laughs> gosh all right hmm. so another question number 2 for you what disney world favorite ride is currently undergoing renovations to outfit it with a whole new theme ah oh, you know what i should know that i actually did see that on the news
1: but I can't remember. <laughs> it's the much beloved
0: Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. yep. It's becoming Tiana's Bayou Adventure after the movie Princess and the Frog, and it okay. is currently set to open in 2024. And that's not very far away, is it? No, it's, it's really not. This <laughs> 2023 the is wrapping up fast. calendar. I know. I know. It's crazy. Wow. <laughs> okay. Last question for you. How many Disney World resort rooms do you think there are? Oh, my like goodness. Rooms for people to sleep in.
1: I would say, oh, you mean combined? Like, oh, my goodness. I have no idea. Like a 1,000?
0: There are over... 30,000 over (laughs) 30,000 yep spread across over two dozen resorts on disney world property so because when i when i think
1: of disney (laughs) i kind of focus my focus is always on florida but that's that's only one part of disney isn't it well
0: that is only one part of disney but i am talking about disney world resort today so that Mm -hmm. is the one in florida So Mm -hmm. in Florida alone, they have just over 30,000 hotel rooms in their resorts. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with that many accommodation options, you know, there's something to kind of fit the need of every traveler. And the accommodations, while they are really awesome and can be some of the favorite part of the trip for a lot of people, my daughter included, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they aren't what most people go to Disney for. Um, A lot of people go to Disney kind of for the immersion and being able to like fully engulf themselves in the magic of Disney and to experience that magic in the air and to do the rides and eat the food and all of those things. And as I mentioned last month, um, there really is a Disney difference and that encompasses all of their guests and especially those with disabilities. Disney has tons and tons of accessibility options available to their guests. Today, I'm going to touch on just a few of them for a few specific categories. And I am today talking about Disney World Resort in Florida. So I'm not talking about Disneyland out in California or Mm -hmm. any of the other parks around the world because there are Disney parks all over the place. Um, But I am specifically talking about Disney World in Florida today. Mm -hmm. so the service that I think most people think about when they think about accessibility at Disney is the disability access service, which is commonly known as the DAS pass or the DAS pass. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So that one, it allows park guests to receive a return time instead of physically waiting in a standby line. So when people think about a disability pass at Disney, or if you hear someone mention it, That's what they're talking about. They're talking about a pass that allows them not to bypass the line, but to spend their time waiting in a different location. So its it's goal is to help guests who may have difficulty tolerating like extended wait times or extended standing periods in the Mm -hmm. typical queue. So how this one works is you do have to pre-register for this service. Um, Registration can be done up to 30 days prior to traveling, but you have to do it at least two days before you travel so that they do have time to get it into the system and everything. And then the registration itself takes about 30 minutes and you have to do a video chat with a Disney cast member um, and kind of talk about why you need this pass, how the pass is going to work, how it's best going to work for you. Um, and those sorts of things. But essentially what happens is if there's a 50 minute posted wait time for a ride, then your DAS pass allows you to get a return time 50 minutes later. So you're still waiting that same amount of time as someone else who is standing in the queue, but you could do it sitting at a restaurant or um, you would be able to you know, go walk around a little bit more or whatever it is that's going to fit your needs you can do in that 50 minutes as just you just have a return time so you come back at your scheduled time and then you're able to get either front of line access or in the fast lane just kind of depends on the ride and the cast member who's working Um, but you'll receive one of those accommodations so then you're able to kind of spend your time more wisely in other areas but again, the DAS pass isn't something that is available to everyone. It really is intended to help guests who have difficulty tolerating those long wait times. That's the right, main goal of that one. Sounds
1: like it. Uh, it it does a good job of addressing a multi, you know multiple types of disabilities that you can a person could have. You know, so it, it oh, sort yes. of addresses it addresses things from many different um, you know perspectives. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it absolutely does. It's a really good one. Um, If I have someone traveling with me who has accessibility needs of any kind, I always encourage them to go ahead and at least sit down and have the chat with the cast member because if they determine with the cast member, you know, like this pass is not going to be a good fit for us, you know, all you've lost is 20 minutes of your time. Um, And if it is going to be a good fit and they do grant it for you, then it can be a big time saver and a huge help when you're at Disney World. So it's a good one to um, at least try to get. You can't be guaranteed every time. It just depends, again, like on your needs and the meeting that you have with the cast member and all of that. But it is a good one to try to get each time that you go. And, you know, Disney doesn't only cater to those who have difficulty with extended wait times. They really go above and beyond for accessibility across the board. They offer That's terrific. all kinds of things. They have so much stuff. Um, it's really awesome. They have an audio description device that helps bring kind of like the smallest touches into focus for those with visual disabilities. So it describes scene changes. It'll describe the movements. Um, there's even a function on the uh, Magic Band Plus where it's kind of like stories that the Magic Bands and the app will tell you. So, have you ever heard of Magic Bands, Lynn? I uh, I don't think I have. Are
1: they the the Magic so they're Bands?
0: They're the they're the like the wristband that people get oh, yes, for that's Disney. Right.
1: Yep, right. Yeah, they it have. Sort like- of serves as your ticket to. Or your pets yeah. to, you know, go from place to place or, yeah. Right. And you and use them to pretty, scan into the parks and. Right. And actually that, they have a pretty sophisticated um, yeah, technology that runs that thing too. I've seen, you know, articles on that and, and it's quite sophisticated, but it really does help um, so that you're not waiting for someone to take a ticket or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, you're just going right through and. Yeah, the yeah, technology and you can, um, behind Disney is is fascinating. It, it
0: really is. They've got a you lot know. going on. Uh, the other yeah. thing you can do with Magic Bands is that you can make purchases on it. You can use it to open your hotel room. Like you can mm-hmm. use it for all sorts of stuff. But one of them, the the Magic Band Plus, it's still fairly new. Um, it has like extra quote-unquote games i don't know they're, I, they're really games but that's the best kind mm-hmm. of word to encompass them um and it also includes different stories so there's different points throughout the parks where you can scan your band and it will through the app it will tell you different stories about this statue or this location and that mm-hmm. kind of thing so it's got a lot of um engagement there as well which is really really cool but their audio description device, um, it covers a lot of attractions and shows. How how many do you think are able to be used with the audio description device, Lynn? Um, when we're thinking attractions and shows combined? How many do you Gosh, think are I compatible? Have, I would have no idea, really. But maybe, <laughs> well, maybe all of them or you know f- there's a lot of them there's actually there's 43 that's 43 um, okay yes which when you think about how how much there is at disney um when you're thinking 43 different shows that your audio description device works on that is that's actually like a really good chunk and there are even some rides that it works on as well like the avatar flight of passage I had a client go to Disney and they said they, um, they used the audio description on the flight of passage. And she said, she actually like cried when she walked out because it was just so amazing. Wow. And so just all encompassing. And she was like, it was just fantastic. <laughs> so yeah, yep. that's a really cool feature that they've got. And those mm-hmm. are $25 to rent them, but it is fully refundable. So you get your $25 back at the end of the day. Um, and then I definitely I always recommend that you bring your own headphones. (laughs) Oh Um, right. Yeah. So they they have like cheapy ones at the park that you can use, but you don't know who's used them before you. And it's just a standard headphone jack. So definitely bring your own headphones or earbuds if you're gonna be renting that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Although they probably do like sanitize them or well, oh, you're saying that Oh, I'm sure, yes. The but they're also, bring, like, like, they're not very good quality. They're not like, good quality, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to bring your own. It's just the best way to go for that. Mm-hmm. Some other accommodations that they have for the visually impaired community is they've got some Braille guidebooks that are available at guest services. And these books feature descriptions of attractions, restaurants, stores, They have these guidebooks for each of the parks, and you can get them at guest services. They also have portable tactile maps that you can rent at guest services as well. And each of the parks has stationary Braille maps that are like very in-depth and include a lot of information. Um, And each of the parks has those in at least two locations. They're almost always right by guest services. So those are really neat options as well. Wow, then, that's pretty. So I
1: would love to go there just to see that, because we, you know, it wouldn't it be nice if we had that kind of accessibility in the world of everywhere, art, right? Yeah. yeah, that
0: would be wonderful. Yep. Yeah. The yeah, other I'm question
1: that, that I, w- no, I was ahead. wondering, like, when that started? Do you have any idea when, like, when that when they decided to implement all of that? Is that has always been the case, or is this
0: like kind of a new thing? Um. So, I mean, they're really working to to make it as good as they possibly can. It has not really always been in place. I want to say that 2013 or 2014 was when they made some like really big changes to their accessibility department and what offerings were available. So it's it's been a good 10 years or so um, that all of this stuff has been in place, but they've been making improvements on it and changes to it since then. So they they really do take the feedback that guests give. I know that I know I said that like a lot last month but it it's so true that your mm-hmm. feedback is what makes the difference. And when you're traveling if you don't tell them like what the problem is, if you don't tell the suppliers what the problem is, they're probably not going to recognize that it's a problem. So that feedback is really important and they do really listen to it.
1: Yeah. And then I mean, do you think that a lot of times the issue is not so much that a place doesn't have accessibility it's more like maybe because we as folks with disabilities, we don't expect something to be accessible. So we don't inquire about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and instead of saying, you know, uh, I'm I'm coming to visit there and, you know, do you have any accessibility um, adaptations that I might want to know about? Um Sometimes you're just going with sighted people and you're just w- kind of walking with them and doing what they're doing, but you're not getting the full experience if you don't take advantage of the these accessibility mm-hmm. things that, you know, so I think we also have to advocate for ourselves and say, you know, I have a disability and, and I, and I would like to utilize, you know, these, these things that you have, um, Because nobody's going to know unless you speak up, right? And say. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. You are totally right. So another area that I get asked about a lot working um, with my specialty of accessible travel that I do uh, is about service animals. I get a lot of questions about service animals and guide dogs. The service animals are absolutely always welcome at Disney. Um, The the little caveat to that is that they might not be permitted to ride certain attractions. So there's mm-hmm. a whole list of the attractions they can't ride that that Disney has posted, and I send these along to my clients. Um, but they include, like, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Space Mountain, several more. Um, it's mainly those, mm-hmm. like, roller coaster rides, like those big, right. bumpy, yeah. fast rides mm-hmm. that your dog would probably be terrified of.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: But that doesn't mean that you can't ride those rides. It's just if you are going to ride those attractions, you just want to talk to the cast member at the entrance of the ride about either using like rider swap with another member of your party, which is where one person would go wait in the line while the other person goes and waits like at the end of the ride and then once the first person who went through the line is done, then the second person who waited at the end of the ride um, would be able to essentially get front of the line access with a cast member so that mm-hmm. the dog would not have to ride the ride. Now, you do have to split up and ride separately if you do this, but sometimes it can be a really good option for parties. Mm-hmm. We've done it many a time with our family. If I've got one kid that wants to ride one thing and one kid that doesn't want to ride it, like we'll do rider swap. Uh, The other option that they have is a portable kennel option, and that's not available all over the park. It's only available typically at the bigger attractions, um, but that is an option that you can ask about as well. And then the the other question that comes along with surface animals that I get a lot when talking about Disney um, is, okay, Mm -hmm. they said my guide dog can come in, but what am I supposed to do about relief areas? Right, right. They have a lot of landscaping um there's not a like a ton of like grassy areas at Disney unless you're talking Animal Kingdom, where it's you know five hundred and eighty acres of grass uh, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they Disney is very, very accommodating to service animals, and basically any open outdoor area can be used as a relief spot as long as the owner picks up after the animal and leaves the area clean. But there's also designated areas, multiple designated areas within each park that if you're more comfortable using like a specific area that is noted at a relief area, you can do that. Um, And that can be really helpful to some of the clients because like some of my my clients that have gone, they just kind of felt weird about having their guide dog do their business kind of wherever. And they wanted to go to an actual relief area that's posted area. as a relief area so
1: um
0: disney recognizes that some people would be more comfortable with that and they've got tons available in each of the parks
1: yeah because it's not just guide dogs right they're service service animals that people have and you know things yeah, of that so. nature that
0: you know seizure <laughs> sure. dogs and things like that so fun fact you know, um Mm -hmm. disney defines service animals they've got a a pretty fun definition of that Mm -hmm. um it's a service animal is defined as any dog or miniature horse trained to do work or perform a task. oh my gosh (laughs) miniature
1: horse okay Okay. can you
0: imagine going to disney and seeing a miniature horse just no there is a there is a group
1: of people you know in in the blind community that i know that there for a while they were talking about the guide horses I don't know I haven't heard much about that lately but wow I
0: can't even imagine like <laughs> the care that would go into that right like I mean yeah I know there are some people that are super into animal husbandry and like that is super awesome more power yeah. to them but I cannot even imagine like I think a dog is is higher maintenance of an animal yeah like, a horse yeah. would be even like on a whole new tier
1: than that right <laughs> yeah I don't think that many of us have seen a guide horse so it must not be a super widely um, you know, widely known thing, but yeah.
0: I All bet right. they're really good at it though. Like horses. Well, I you hope know. so. We're pretty smart <laughs> <laughs> going
1: out in traffic. You want to hope yeah. they're
0: good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Anyways, getting getting back to the point. <laughs> um so that's not the only like visual disabilities are not the only disabilities that disney caters to um Mm -hmm. for guests who have hearing difficulties disney world offers a variety of assistive listening devices including like video captioning and even a handheld captioning device again those come at a fee where it's the 25 dollars, completely refundable when you return it at the end of the day you get your money back um but they do like have a ton available for their guests and like I said time and time again they really want to make this a magical experience for everyone there is a Disney difference they go above and beyond Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and it's again as we as we talked about earlier it's a matter of saying you know just
0: asking for these things right yep yeah like Um, interpretation services for example mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. can get interpretation services for almost anything at disney as long as you give them notice and let them know ahead Mm -hmm. of time um they have like a, a minimum of a 14 day notice period if you want interpretation for special events or dinner shows or things like that mm-hmm. and then they have a ton of shows actually that are on a rotating weekly schedule of sign language interpretation so for example on like on monday and a thursday this show would have sign language interpretation and then tuesday mm-hmm. and friday it might be this other show um, and it just goes on like a rotating schedule so that everybody gets a chance to experience all the different things
1: that's great because, you know, a lot of Disney is, you know, auditory and visual. And if you don't, if, you, if you're if you not able to take advantage of those things, you really do miss out on a lot mm-hmm. of the experience, right? So this is yep. where these accessibility um, options really do come in handy because they allow you to actually experience so much more from your trip. Um, by having these things described, the visual things and, and the audio interpreted so that, because I know a lot of times I've gone on trips with people and I used to go, I used to love like going to the outlet stores or the outlet malls with my sisters or whatever. But so many times it was like, I felt like they were window shopping, you know, they were looking yeah. at things and I had no idea what they were looking at and it got, I got right. bored. So this is where you you go on a Disney trip and you have these accessibility options. They allow you to really be a part of the action, you know, instead of just being on the sidelines.
0: Yeah, they, they do. And not only do they have these accessible offerings while you're on site actually at Disney World, but they've also made some really big efforts to make their app really accessible as well. Oh, great. So there's a My Disney Experience app that is something that pretty much anybody who goes to Disney is going to use fairly extensively. Um, mm-hmm. It's not perfect by any means. It's not perfect. There's still room for improvement, but it has gotten way more accessible than it used to be, um, which mm-hmm. is great because you use it for so much stuff. The app can be used as the key for your hotel room. Um, it has maps of the parks it lists wait times for rides you can order food you do your genie plus reservations you join virtual queues you make your dining reservations like there's so much stuff that you do in the app and the fact that they have really made these huge leaps and bounds to make it as accessible as they possibly can i think just really speaks to that disney difference because they Mm -hmm. haven't they haven't forgotten any piece of it um you know they they didn't just give you these accessible options in the parks but then they're like okay you have to have a my disney experience account Mm -hmm. but you can't use your screen reader on any of it so you're lost until you get to the parks like they have really kind of thought about from the moment you start even thinking about a disney vacation and you're looking at pricing to the very end of your vacation they really thought about the trip as just a whole entity and Mm -hmm. they've tried to make every step of the way accessible, which is awesome.
1: Awesome. Yeah. And then that goes to what we were,
0: we were talking about
1: as well as kind of giving feedback, right? Um, Yeah. If there's something that you, you feel like the app needs or, um, you know, again, communicating that to the developers, the app, you know, to Disney um, Mm -hmm. so that you have a, you have a dialogue about what you'd like to see and, um, I'm sure that feedback helps them as well, right? Because, yeah, yeah, we it does. Know, we, we know a lot more about our needs than than other people, so,
0: yeah, exactly. They yep. don't know mm-hmm. where where the gaps in their knowledge are unless you show it to them mm-hmm. um, and and telling them about it is how they're able to fix it and make it better for in the future.: Yes, all right. The, The other thing that I mentioned last month um, beyond just the accessibility of Disney was I also just kind of touched briefly on the cost of Disney as well and how some people are like, well, it's just exorbitantly expensive. There is no Mm -hmm. way we will ever be going to Disney. Um, And I'm going to be totally upfront with you. Um, Disney is is pricey. There's Mm -hmm. no way around it. But it's one of those things where you get what you pay for and the Disney difference is there and Mm -hmm. it is real. And there are some really great ways to save money on a Disney vacation, Um, on on multiple different kinds of vacations, really. But specifically today, we're talking about a Disney vacation.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: So my probably my top tip that I like to give people, because they just don't even like think about it is to bring a gallon water bottle with you which sounds insane
1: yeah (laughs) that's a lot of
0: water (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I am telling you it's a total game changer you can get water for free in the parks um, at most of the food carts concession stands restaurants but to get that water first of all it's a tiny little cup it's not going to last you very long Um, like one swig of water and you're done and you also have to wait in line to get the water.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're getting a free water, you you have to stand in the line to wait for it. You're going to be done in one drink. And then you're going to be mad that you stood in line and waited mm-hmm. for this water mm-hmm. that you finished in like 0.2 seconds. So then what happens is you end up spending your money on other drinks, like a bottle of water that they're gonna charge you $450 for, or mm-hmm. a bottle of soda, so that you're getting 16 ounces of a drink, but then you're spending your money on that. Right. Um, and that can that can add up, especially when you're talking about Florida heat. Um, it's kind of hot in Florida all. The yeah, time. that's I was just gonna ask you that. <laughs>
1: so, yeah, that water is is really important, it's staying hydrated, right? I mean. That yeah. makes you feel better no matter what kind of vacation you're on. Like, you know, you're taking care of your body by staying hydrated and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So.
0: And it's really important on a Disney vacation, when especially if you go like during the summertime when it's 95 degrees outside and you're standing mm-hmm. on the asphalt in a group of thousands of people. Like, it is hot and you've got to stay hydrated. Mm-hmm. And if you're spending all your time waiting these lines to get this one drink of water, like, it's a waste of your time to be doing that. And you're going to try to justify standing in line by being like, okay, well, if I stood in a three, five, 10 minute line to get a drink of water, I'm at least going to buy a Coke. Then I've got like, it's justified, you know? But again, if you do that 10 times in a day, you're spending 50 bucks on drinks. And it's easy to do when you're hot and thirsty. Like it's very, very easy. So -hmm. if you take that gallon water bottle, you can fill it to the tippy top with ice at the resort in the morning before you even leave top it off with water and then you've got cold water all day long Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. saving you the time in those small trips to the food carts and it's saving you money over the course of the trip and Mm -hmm. if you have ever been been to Disney without a water bottle you know what I'm talking about but those trips to get drinks they really add up fast and if you're Mm -hmm. a group of like a family where you've got two small kids I mean they're thirsty all the time So then you're constantly Mm -hmm. having to get drinks and bringing that gallon water bottle just saves so much time and so much money over the course of your trip. It really does. Mm -hmm. And it's healthy as
1: well, right? So
0: you're not just drinking. Yeah. Not drinking all that carbonation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a way better option. Mm -hmm. It's better for your body too and staying hydrated than a soda is. So another Mm -hmm. great money-saving tip uh, is gift cards. So you can use gift cards to pay for a lot of different trips. Disney is especially great about their gift cards because you can use them anywhere. You can use a Disney gift card to pay for your reservation. You can use a Disney gift card to buy your food, your souvenirs, to book a bippity-boppity boutique reservation. You can use a Disney gift card for all sorts of things. They are especially wonderful about gift cards. Mm-hmm. And they are, like I said, so many ways that you can use them. And you can usually get them at a discounted rate, which, when you're talking about a $2,000, $3,000 family vacation and you're saving $15 every $100 that you're spending, that adds up.
1: Fast. Sure. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. And wholesalers like Sam's Club, and um, I've seen them at Costco once, but Sam's Club is the main wholesaler. They'll have the Disney gift cards where you can get a $200 gift card for $174 and some change. And sometimes, a couple times a year, they'll have a really big sale where it's like you spend, you buy a $200 gift card and you're actually going to get it for $150, and you're saving like this big chunk of money. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are the kinds of things you just got to jump on (laughs) because if you're going to save. Right. Just if you're going to be paying for this vacation anyways, if you can afford it, being able to buy those gift cards up front, you're going to save so much in the end. And even if you don't have a wholesaler membership, like a Sam's Club membership, other retailers provide perks for purchasing gift cards through them too. Um, So like, for example, um, there's a local grocer by us where you get points for your gift cards and you can get four times Points for your gift cards, and then we use these points to get gas for our car. But I've known someone who's used those points and rolled them into kind of like cash back for their groceries, mm-hmm. and then they were able to use those points towards paying off their groceries. So there's all sorts of different perks that different retailers provide, um, and you're able to to save in different and kind of unique ways versus just a regular like oh they they're running a sale let me book now and I'll save a couple hundred dollars Mm -hmm. so it's like it's planning right it's like thinking ahead and sort of working your
1: way towards it by you know kind of getting your resources together um so that you're not doing that at the last minute you know you're yep Yep.
0: But even, awesome. I mean, even at the last minute, gift cards can be super helpful. Sure. So, um, especially at a Disney vacation. Like I said, they are excellent about their gift cards. It, they're good as cash. You can use them anywhere. So if you go yeah. on a Disney vacation, putting all your spending money on a gift card makes you a lot less likely to spend money because you've got a limited amount of funds that you have on this gift card. It's not your bank card that's connected to your account that has. X, Y, and Z amount in it, it's a gift card that has $200 and I need to make this $200 last for three days or four days. Mm -hmm. And then you're able Mm -hmm. to kind of use that budgeting as like a, a guideline for you. And when you run out of money on the card, especially if you have this hard line set for yourself, if you run out of money on the gift card, then you're just, you're done spending money or you're done buying souvenirs. Like it can really help keep you in line and keep yeah. you in your budget that you're aiming for
1: especially <laughs> if you have kids right because kids tend to yeah. be like
0: I want this <laughs> I want that
1: I want to do this I want to do that and and you're just like oh sorry we ran out of money
0: so you can't do that thing you know? yeah yeah <laughs> so you I'm do- just a parenting tip about that one (laughs) from Mm -hmm. from a parent with two small kids who do say I want this and that constantly Mm -hmm. what we did this last trip and worked so fantastic for us was we took pictures of everything that they said they wanted and then on the last day of the trip we say like we specifically planned time to go shopping and on the last day of the trip, we let them look through the photos and they got to pick two things, like the two top things that they really wanted to have. Mm-hmm. And so the nice way, but like the nice thing that that did was it cut out like that impulse buying that kids do. Like they're very impulsive. They see what oh, they sure. want. Yeah. So it helps yeah. with that. So that helps with your budget. But then also if there's things that are like, Wildly expensive that you're like, no way are we going to buy this. For example, my mm-hmm, son mm-hmm. wanted this monorail train that was like remote controlled, and I want to say <laughs> it was like two hundred and eighty dollars, and I was like, there is mm-hmm. no way. Even if you pick this, we're getting it. As a parent, you can go in and you can delete those photos. <laughs> so when they go to look like, right. through the pictures, they don't even know that it was a thing. So like, I you would, can help your of budget that out of way, mind, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: Yeah, and I mean it's kind of a teachable moment, right? Where you teach kids about you know spending and budgeting
0: and and mm-hmm.
1: you know making choices, making wise choices, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, so those mm-hmm. are those are my favorite tips that I like to share for Disney. I of course have a lot more, um, but I don't want to give away all my trade secrets. some of those are special <laughs> for my clients, okay um, well, but i definitely I definitely recommend taking a trip to Disney. They are very mm-hmm. accessible. Um, and it, there really is, there really is a difference and there really is magic in the air. And if you're thinking about a trip, whether it's to Disney or beyond, uh, please make sure you reach out to me. I'd love to help you out with the planning. And as always, it is totally free of charge. All right. Awesome. So awesome. shifting gears here, Lynn, mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Let's turn to some listener questions. Um, I only had a couple come in. So guys, if you're listening and you have questions for me, please send them in. I would love to answer them. Yeah. We love, love, love your feedback. Yes. Yes. All right. right. So send in that feedback just like you would with the cruise lines or Disney. Send it in. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right. So we'll start with listener questions. and. The first one we have is, what would you recommend budgeting for food at Disney? Good question.
0: It really depends on the length of the stay and and honestly when you're going. Um, So starting in January of 2024, they're bringing the dining plans back, which are really a good deal. So that's where you pay basically a flat amount per day and you get a certain number of meals that you're able to get. And overall, you end up spending less money when you use the dining plan than when you um, just buy food a la carte. Uh, But in general, my general guideline for food at Disney is planning about $50 a day per person for the food. Now, you're not always going to spend all of that, but that also gives you a little bit of cushion if you have a day where you do all quick service, which is where you don't sit down. It's just kind of you go up you order, you get your food. Um, versus a day when you want to do a character dining, which is going to be a lot more expensive than a quick service meal. Um, it helps to kind of balance that out. That's a general rule of thumb that I give is about $50 per person per day. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is if you've never been to Disney before, it's important to to note that their portion sizes are healthy. So you might pay $16 for this plate of food, but that plate of food is, it's not, they do not skimp. It is a full plate of food. Okay. So um, if you've never been, it's always good to kind of order one and see where you get to because sometimes two adults can share a one order of food um, and you're able to kind of stretch your budget a little bit further that way too, because they really are very big and healthy portions at Disney.
1: Yeah. Do they have dining options? I wonder for people who have special diets. I'm thinking a lot lot of our audience has diabetes or allergies or whatever. Can you, I mean, do they have you know, a wide enough, um, variation of, of different kinds of foods that you'd be able to pick something. Yeah. Great.
0: They have tons. Um, I believe it's over 200 restaurants on Disney property. It might even be more than that. Um, they've mm-hmm. got a ton of restaurants and, and a bunch of different options. They're really good about dining restrictions or dining uh, diets, like different right. diets that people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. Cause those. it's
1: just like the, the importance of water, right? You're doing a lot of running around. Maybe you're not sleeping as much and you have to take care of your body. So that means you have to eat well, eat, make sure you're eating and it can be yes. fun too, right? That's part of the experience. It absolutely is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. All right. So here's another listener question. How far out do you recommend booking a trip?
0: Well, for any trip you're going to take, whether it's Disney or beyond, um, as early as possible.
1: The Mm -hmm. earlier
0: you book for a lot of things, the best pricing you're going to get. So the earlier is is the best it also gives you more time to make payments on it as well which can help um be budget friendly too the other thing uh is working with an agent when you're looking at booking a trip if you book a trip as early as you possibly can like let's say you book a cruise the day booking opens and then 6 months down the road they release a promotion and it's cheaper um if you work with an agent and this is a a service that I offer my clients is price monitoring. So if your price drops for your trip, I automatically apply that for my clients. So if you book early, like there's no harm done. For example, we're booked on a Disney trip in May of 2024, the next time that we're going back for our family. And um, it's probably the most expensive it's going to be right now. When I booked it is probably the most expensive it was going to be because chances are they're going to release some sort of promotion, um, mm-hmm. whether it's something to do with the kids, whether it's a Disney plus subscriber, or 25% off rooms or whatever, whatever they release. Chances are really good. They're going to run a promotion. And then I've got my room confirmed and I've got my party booked and my ticket types and all the things that we want. And when that new price comes out that I'm sure will come out, I'll just apply that new promotion to the booking and then I've gotten everything I wanted and I get the sale. So it's the best of both worlds when you book early. It really is. Mm -hmm.
1: And when you're using an agent, you're, uh, you know, if you are trying to do it by yourself, you might get these cookie cutter things, right? That maybe that would work for most people. But when you're talking to an agent, they're actually, you guys are actually asking the client, what they need and what they want. Um, yeah. so they're yeah. able to really tailor the experience so that you get the most from the money that you spend on your vacation. And also exactly. you guys have like insider, not in, you know, you, you know, like how the system works and I'm yep. not saying that in negative light, no. but you, <laughs> no, no. You, you, know sometimes when you're on the inside, um, you do understand you know, the little ways that you can make the most of the resources that you have and have the best vacation experience that you can. Oh yeah, absolutely. You Mm -hmm, learn, mm -hmm.
0: you learn little tricks, um, on ways to get around certain things. And I always do that to do the very best thing that I can for my clients. I, if you want to hear a interesting little story from this week, I had someone who wanted to cancel a certain kind of trip, um, and they were within the final payment area of this certain kind of trip, Um, and I didn't want them to lose their money that they had put down. And if I had just gone in and canceled it, that would happen. So what I did was I took this certain kind of trip that they had booked and I just moved it and I changed Mm -hmm. the dates on it so that instead of us being within final payment, we were still four months out from final payment. And then I could go back in and I could cancel this kind of trip so that they could get their refundable deposit back and everybody wins. (laughs) So like you learn, you learn these little tricks, Mm -hmm. being Mm -hmm. a travel agent and these special little ways around that you can kind of help out your clients. And yeah, I'm like, that's always what I'm here for. I want to make sure everybody has like the best trip they can. So, so you
1: guys focus on the details while so that we can focus on the fun, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's pretty (laughs) neat. All right. Okay. And we have one more quest- listener question here. Okay. It says, I heard if I want to visit Harry Potter world, um, that I have to visit two different
0: parks. Is that true? Oh, good question. Okay. So I want to be real clear before I answer the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is not a Disney, <laughs> so everybody knows that. Oh, okay. um, it is at Universal Orlando Resort. It is not a Disney. Okay. <laughs> um, so still, still an Orlando area theme park, but a different mm-hmm. one than what we talked about today. Uh, yes, the answer to that question, yes. The Wizarding World mm-hmm. of Harry Potter is spread across two different parks at Universal Orlando Resort. So you've got um, Diagon Alley in one section and you've got Hogsmeade and Hogwarts in the other park. Mm -hmm. Um, And you do need tickets to both parks. Most people that go to visit the Wizarding World of Harry Potter also want that park-to-park access, Mm -hmm. which um, it sounds intimidating when I say park-to-park access, but it's really not. Um, So the answer to that question... Is yes, you need tickets to two different parks to visit the full, full Wizarding World of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but you can tune in next month to learn even more about the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and Universal Orlando Resort.
1: All right, I was wondering if we. Yeah, that's cool. Yep, but see, we're just making the rounds. We're we are thinking vacation, right? The winter's coming Absolutely. up in the Northeast. It's already getting chilly out, right? So yeah, this is a good time to start thinking about a nice warm Being place somewhere to go warm. and <laughs> relax and hang out, right? When everybody else exactly. is shoveling the snow off their steps. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Terrific. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. All right. Very good. Thanks for
0: chatting with me, Lynn. And
1: um, sure. See you all it's next been month. really, really fun. And you know, we love your feedback, guys. Uh, we really do. So if you have questions feel free to let us know because we're here for you guys. We're here to help you have the
0: best vacation we can.
1: Absolutely.
0: See you next month. Thanks for listening. If you're planning a trip or are interested in my complimentary planning services, if you have any questions or suggestions for the show, please give me a call at 317-694-4023. Or shoot me an email at katie, K-A-T-I-E dot white, spelled just like the color, at mmvagent.com. See you next time.